No Fife, no worries. The Purple Haze have something to cheer about with the Owen joke put to bed. J-Lo finally claims four points over the Crows. From bad to worse, Jordan Degoe again in the spotlight, charged with indecent assault. Sundown, a nasty shoulder injury to Matt Rao, overshadowed by the Wizard and the Warrior in games 350 and 300. You're listening to the Centre Square Podcast on 91.3 Sport FM. Today's guest, a man who's been through it all. It's an inspiring story, so sit back and enjoy. And I declare the winner of the 2019 Brownlow Medal, Nathan Park of the Fremantle Football Club. She from the mountain needs to be in Hello all, it is round six. Welcome to the Centre Square Podcast, episode 16 in total for this season on 91.3 Sport FM, as well as any other podcast app or platform platform you might be listening to from. I'm your host, Ethan Roth, and to help bring it all to you is Callan Lever and Noah Tonkin in the studio. G'day boys, always a better weekend when your team gets up, isn't it? Although Cal, not much right going for the pies. Yeah, it's not too much going right for the Pies um, over the past week. Uh, obviously lost on Friday night against Essendon, which was pretty disappointing. Then the next day, the news about Jordan Ngoi and his uh, assault charges from back in 2015. Um, so yeah, that doesn't really help. Also with the side bottom news from the week before, all the injuries and everything. So Collingwood's not going too well at the moment. Yeah, how are you? I'm going well. Um, up I'm Dockers. up and about after a good weekend for the Dockers. Um, yeah, it was a good game to watch, and I'm happy. I'm happy about that. Yeah, a win to win, isn't it? With the Jordan Degoe incident, it's. Uh, I was really shocked when it came through. Um, you know, it was something happened in 2018, I believe. Uh, he didn't get charged for that. It came up, and yeah. now he's been charged for net for this one. Um, so yeah, and Eddie's kind of Eddie. What's going on with Eddie Cow? He's just making all these excuses, sweeping under yeah. the rug. Well, I think well, I don't think you really want to talk about it as a football club. Obviously, there's a lot bigger stuff going on that they've probably got to sort out, and they just want to keep this between the club and the goalie, obviously. So, and the police. So yeah. It's a confusing situation. So is he going to play? So he's still. In I don't. S- no, I don't think. He, oh. I wouldn't say he'd play this week. Yeah, I, I don't think, think he so. is. No, well, he, yeah. he missed last week, didn't he? No, he, he played missed. last week. He played last week, and then yeah. the news came in the following day. Yeah, the next day, mid afternoon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The first section of today's show will just be us. Uh, we got all the usual parts of the show in strife. The tips, which we all did reasonably well at. Player of the year, where we have a, a bolter who doesn't look like getting beaten, and then after that, I'm sure ev- what everyone's looking forward to: the chat with the guest who will be over the line from Adelaide. Let's quickly go through the in- injury report, though, from round five. Starting off with Carlton, Zach Fisher had gastro. He was uh, He's a test, so see what happens there. He was replaced in the side by Phillip. Essendon, Jake Stringer, hit his ankle to be confirmed. West Coast, the captain, Luke Shuey, one to two weeks. He was, uh, was pretty positive, though, after the win, which is good to see. Uh, Jermaine Jones, hamstring, two to three weeks. The uh, the young eagle who was at Geelong, who uh, starting to find, to find his groove. Gold Coast, Matt Rao, 
is the, is that uh, the biggest what if with the brand though that we could possibly see? Three months, he's going to have surgery with that right shoulder. With the Western Bulldogs, Bailey Smith had a concussion. Same with Vandermeer. They both have tests. North Melbourne, Taron Thomas also had a concussion. Ben Cunnington, the inside mid, hit his back. Cam Ellis Yeoman from the Brisbane line to the calf, two to three weeks. Reese Conco, left hamstring to be announced. Travis Collier was had an illness, but what I saw is he is up for selection. Uh, he was replaced inside by Taylor Jaman. Richmond, heaps of premiership stars going to be out for them this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Nate Curvis, their main ruckman, four to eight weeks, a lengthy spell. Uh, Prestia, again, four to eight weeks with an ankle. Cochin, one to three weeks, their skipper. And Lynch with that finger or hand. Looked yeah. pretty nasty, didn't it? It did. And obviously, Hooley's not going away for personal reasons. Yeah, for the, and I think Edwards. And Edwards not Ed, going yeah. away as well. So Two gun, what, halfback flankers. Exactly. Yeah. So they're going to be struggling for the next month or so you would say yeah they did bring jake arts in the debutant so uh, i think he'll hold his place but and then also hawthorne jack scrimshaw had a foot and mitch lewis did a hamstring in other news hayden crozier the former docker and western bulldogs halfback uh his one match ban was upheld by the tribunal after the dogs decided to challenge the dangerous tackle on jack marnie so he will miss their next match the vfl has been suspended from the covid spike so that's that's, that's done, done for this yeah. for this year Curtis Taylor from the North Melbourne Footy Club was the Rising Star nominee. And we can confirm that the Bulldogs, the Bombers, the Tigers and the Roos are in the Gold Coast. Uh, Hawks and Demons in New South Wales, the Blues and the Saints in Noosa, and of course the Magpies and the Cats here in WA. Uh, Even though there was 119 total cases of the virus in Victoria, Jack Rewalt and Adam Trelaw questioned the purpose of what they were uh, doing travelling, which I heard last night. Jack Rewalt was... Didn't seem too happy when he was on the uh, when he was on AFL 360. And the waffle scratch matches happened on Saturday. Perth beat West Perth by eight points. Subi looked unstoppable as always against the Royals, winning by 41 points. Claremont were too good for East Freo and a nail biter by one solitary goal. And the rest of the preseason hitouts will be this Saturday, July 11. Plenty of our former guests and did well and a few future ones to keep an eye on. Time now. Time now, though, for In Strife. And, Noah, there are four things under the pump this week. Take us underway. Yeah, I'll get stuck in In Strife. So, the first one um, is the Adelaide Crows. Their pre-season camp, I think it was 2017. After at the, end the grand final. Yeah, after the grand final. Um, they they had that infamous pre-season camp. Even though it's in the past, but there was some more news that came out um, on the weekend about just some of the details of the stuff which they did do in that camp. Some of those things included that they were tied to trees, blindfolded. Um, the Richmond theme song was blasted throughout the whole camp. Uh, no doctors were allowed on the trip. Um, so it's no wonder so many players have been mentally scarred, which I think there was a thing which came out that there were six players who were left mentally scarred from this one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. There's a bit of, I don't know, players should toughen up. And, you know, that. I know that there's that view. And then there's also the one that, just crossing the line really it's kind of sickening to be honest when you read that and think about if they had to go through that um it's it's pretty wrong as a footy club yeah yeah also the news came out as like to do with that uh camp i think one player got uh fainted and one of the coaches or someone told him yeah yeah get up keep going like what are you doing sort of thing and they weren't allowed phones as well no phones couldn't contact anyone and i think if they had a pregnant partner. They were allowed to call them 
for like two minutes yeah, a three, day. Yeah, two, three minutes a day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. That camp was run by Collective Mind, um, the organisation that that is. But next in Strife, we'll move on. Um, Ethan put this one in. I think he can elaborate more than I can. But defenders in general for acting tough and trying to start scuffles um, when a player gets beaten in a contest. Um, it happened against Brisbane players on Trent McKenzie on the weekend. And um, it's just not a good look. Ethan? Have you yeah, the rubbing of the hair, just yeah. not a good look. Um, and they should try to just let it go um, and not leave it to chance to get overturned. I know, you know, they want to get into the players and get um, keep the momentum. But, yeah, I think it's just not good sportsmanship. Mm, yeah, fair enough. Um, next one, Sydney youngster Ollie Florent. Um, for going down in the middle with a few seconds left only then to be turned over, resulting in a Jake Waterman goal from 55 out. Um, we know he's only a young player um, and he needs to have more game awareness and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, he should have just kicked it down the line. It was really costly yeah, in the end. Kick it down the line. There was about five seconds left. I know he probably didn't know the exact time, but they have the, the board that they hold up. It was with like like right near the bench. The number. Well, yeah, it was like yeah on the um, broadcast side. Yeah, so it was near the bench, so I'm sure someone would have yelled yeah. out. So. And then Jake Waterman, how's that roost from 55? It was a big, it was a big yeah. kick, on it? But it's always one of those ones, like, if the kick paid off, you know... Oh, but it was five yeah, seconds. Like, yeah, true. Like... Yeah, it's you know. it's hard to say. Um, next one, and the last in strife, um, the strength and conditioning coach at the Fremantle Dockers, Jason Weber. Um, there's been a couple, or I think there's been four or five total soft tissue injuries that have come out of the Dockers in the, in the past two weeks. Um, the likes of Fife, Danny Samstring, Logue, Hogan, um, who else? Conquer. Well, yeah, the, those are the main ones. Yeah, Conquer as well. Um, it might be time to move Weber on. He's been there for a good uh, 10 years, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's I think, definitely in strife. Yeah, well, his record sort of speaks for itself. You know, a lot of the players who were at Freo and have moved on, they've got their body right. Yeah. And, yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff on social media. Yeah, you look at Harley Bennell... Yeah. Who else is there? Oh. Yeah, well, Harley Bennell's the main one yeah, that, that comes Bunnell. to mind. But mm. There's uh, a few more. Yeah, well, that's in strife that week. Four. We had four in total, so more than any other week uh, so far. Cal, lead us off on who we've decided for the votes after having a, a good look at all nine games. All right, so player of the year. We got, I'll go the one, two, three again. Yeah. So one vote, we've gone with Kane Lambert. Obviously, he had a... Really good game on the weekend to help Richmond beat the D's. He had three goals, 27 touches, six marks as the Tigers bounce back to beat the D's by 27 points. Two votes. Freo boys, so your boys will be happy with that. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw, um, that five was missing, so someone had to step up. And uh, it was Andrew Brayshaw that ended up stepping up for the Dockers. And he got 23 disposals, eight marks, and 106 fantasy points, which isn't too bad. Great game. Great game. Un- and the three votes, he's done it again. Lockie Neal taking his tally to nine to go outright top ahead of Raul, who won't be getting any more votes anytime soon because he's injured for <laughs> yeah, three months. Yeah, a miracle from here, Raul. <laughs> <laughs> so we got um, Neal on the weekend, had one goal, one behind, so kicked a lot straighter than the week before, which is good to see. Uh, 29 disposals, seven clearances, five inside 50s, five marks in a comprehensive win over the power to go equal top with the power at the top of the ladder. So He does not look like getting beaten. Someone someone needs to tell him. There's a lot of footy left, you know. Even Fife could make a run. But, yeah. yeah. Um, 
Someone needs to do you guys remember what happened last year when Lockie Neal came up against the power and they just beat him up? Yeah. Because yeah. I remember yeah. Cam, Adelaide Oval. Cam yeah. Sutcliffe. I think yeah. they sent Cam Sutcliffe, former teammate with Neil, to him. Yeah. It was obviously, his first game as well, wasn't it? Sutcliffe's first game. Yeah, yeah obviously he would have known him real well. Um, and then he just said, pretty much, I think they just said to him, pretty much, don't worry about the ball, just stop locking Neil. If you yeah. stop him, we're a good chance of winning. But just touching on Brayshaw, that two votes, that was such a good game. Even mm. And Mundy as well stepped up. Chera played well, um, which was good. Walters was a bit quiet. He was. He, he found he took some time to get his rhythm. Griffin Logue. He was good. He yeah, was one good. of the best on ground, I reckon. Yeah. So we'll go to the unlucky to miss as well for this week. We had Gorn, who dominated in his ruck duel. Adam Trelaw, first game back, had about 30 disposals. Jack Steele had a good game. Shut down Cripps. Shut down Cripps. Uh, Stringer had a really good game. He's probably looked like one of the best on field that night. Apart from getting injured, he might have Apart been in the votes. Exactly. Uh, Josh Bruce kicked six, so he's very stiff to miss out on one vote. Um, or two votes or something like that. Jared Lyons had a good game for the Lions and Josh Kelly for the, the Giants. Yeah. A few Jays in there. A lot of Jays. Um, Noah, the ground staff on the go- on the coast in Sydney are looking to have a, their work cut out. So who's playing who in round six and what's the tip tally looking like? Yeah, so I'll start us off with the leaderboard. Um, unfortunately, I'm at the bottom again. 23, I've got 23 uh, tips right. Luca in fourth with 24. Catching. Ethan has made a comeback. From fifth to third. Yeah. Bang. I got eight on the weekend. Yep, that's that's good from you, Ethan. That's Up to 25. Good. Bray, 29. And then Cow Solid as always. I think he, you've been at the top the entire... Yeah, and Bray's been year. in second. I have been, so... Yeah, I'm just happy to be back on the podium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't relate, but um, bit of catching up for you to do, Niles. Yeah, we'll start off with um, Geelong versus Brisbane, the first game of the round. Blockbuster. Thursday I, night at the Gabba. I, yeah, I think I don't think it is at the Gabba. I think that's wrong. That's wrong. I think it's at the SCG. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Apologies for that, but no, you're right. yeah, uh, this could on. be this could be uh, it could go either way. Um, I'm gonna go for Brisbane. I think. They are going to be, I mean, it's no homer away, so there's no real advantage or disadvantage. It's second versus third, but yeah, the lines for me. Noah? I'll go Brisbane as well. I think they're a momentum team, and when they have that momentum like they do now, it's pretty hard to stop them. Um, I've just checked. It is at the SCG, and I'm going to go, it's going to be a good game, probably the best game of the round. Um, I'm going to go for Brisbane. And Bray has gone the Lions as well. Okay, yeah, everyone going with the Lions. But next game, Friday night at Giant Stadium, Collingwood versus Hawthorne. Um, Collingwood in 10th, Hawthorne in 9th. Another two teams that are close on the ladder. Um, who have we got, Ethan? Yeah, Collingwood for me. Collingwood. Um, Collingwood have been pretty dreadful as of lately, but I can't go against my boys. So, going Collingwood. Oh, I want to go Collingwood, but... I'll go Hawthorne. I'm going Hawthorne. I would, I would love to go the Hawks. I yeah. think if you went for them last week I and you went and for them lost. another week, I know, which yeah, I think might have paid off. I just you. find it hard to tip against the Hawks. I wouldn't be surprised if Hawthorne do win, though. Got yeah. it. Got so. a bit of that 2013, 14, it, it's, it's 15. It's just inbreded in my brain not to go against them. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, moving Bray? on to Saturday. Bray? Oh, so, yeah, Bray, he's gone the Hawks, so he's agreeing with you there. Okay, yeah, cool. Saturday morning, 
Fremantle versus St Kilda. Um, my Dockers in 16th, St Kilda in 4th. This one's at Mextricon, so neither, neither team's home ground, but it's a Fremantle home game. Ethan? Yeah, the reason I'm going to tip the Dockers here is because I feel like St Kilda have just gone into the hub and they might and Freo have been there for a few weeks now and I, I just have a feeling about the Dockers for this yeah, one. Same. Like I usually I just tip with my heart and I'll tip Freo anyways, but I genuinely think that we'll win this game. Um that's actually a very good point that you brought up, Ethan. It's obviously St Kilda's first game going to the hub, but I think St Kilda will just be too strong and we'll beat Dockers. So I'm going St Kilda. Bryce tip? Ah, uh, yeah, the Saints. Okay. Um, next game, West Coast, who are in 15th, versus Adelaide, who are at the bottom of the ladder. At the Gabba. At the Gabba. The Gibba. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, West Coast. Yep, same. Yeah, pretty easy one, this, this one. Uh, West Braves Coast. Uh, yeah, Braves won the Eagles. Hasn't gone against his boys for once, Bray? Yeah. No, I don't think he will. But Melbourne versus Gold Coast. Melbourne, who are in 17th. Gold Coast, who are in 6th. Um, this one's at Giants Stadium. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Melbourne. I think. Ooh. You know the injury to Matt Rao could could uh you know not could be really bad for the Gold Coast both mentally you know um but yeah demons. I'm going Gold Coast. Um, yeah, I reckon this is their chance to prove themselves without their gun player, and I reckon they'll step up. Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, Gold Coast. When Rao went down, they were, Gold Coast win that game for three quarters on the against Geelong. So. I'll, I'll back. I'll back Gold Coast in. So I'm going Gold Coast. And yeah, I sh- I knew Bray was going to go the Suns. Yep, he loves the Suns. He loves the Suns. Essendon versus North Melbourne. This one's at Metricon on Saturday. Saturday night game. Um, Essendon are in fifth. North Melbourne are in thirteenth. Ethan. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be hard for the Bombers to replace Stringer. He's so electric, and it's just that X factor. But I, I still think they'll get up. Um, I'm tipping. I think I've tipped all the home, oh, apart from the Brisbane, I think I've tipped all the home teams here. So I'll continue with that. <laughs> Essendon. Home away from home, really. But I'll go Essendon as well. Um, yeah, favourite. Um, I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched across the field. So even though the one team's fifth, one team's 13th, I still think they're pretty evenly matched. So when North Melbourne's on, they're on. When Essendon's on, they're on. So... And when they're both not on, it can be pretty poor to watch. So yeah. I'm going to go North Melbourne. Yeah, Bray's gone Essendon. Ooh, okay. That's the Saturday one's done now. Sunday yeah. ticket. Yeah, Sunday morning, Port Adelaide versus JWS. Port Adelaide, who sit at the top of the ladder. JWS are in seventh. Um, this one's at Metricon on Sunday. I think Port, they're not going to show any signs of a bad performance last week. And I think, um, yeah, that... But from what I've seen, they've actually liked to play a Metricon. So, yeah, I'm going to go the power. I will go... Oh, this is a tough one. It is a tough one. Oh, GWS. Upset. Well, I haven't done Cow's Upset of the Week yet. Jeez. Yeah. Pressure's on. I think I've gone past the Upset of the Week <laughs> game as well. Damn. Um, I'm going to go for GWS. Yeah, GWS. Yeah, and then the middle game on Sunday. Ray's gone GWS as well, hasn't he? Uh, he's gone port. He's gone port. Wow. Oh boy. Um, yep. Middle game <laughs> on Sunday, as Ethan just said. Richmond versus Sydney. Richmond are in eleventh. Sydney are fourteenth. This one's at the Gabba. I know Chad Warner's playing. Uh, East Freo boy. Yep. So they're getting the the youth in there. Yeah. Uh, so they'll win now. No, I'm joking. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Richmond for me. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna say Richmond. I know they're missing a lot of their stars, but good good lists have depth, and I think they'll show that. Yeah, Richmond for me as well. 
they are going to be missing a lot of depth. Uh, a lot of good players, not depth, a lot of good players. Um, oh, it's actually really tough. I'm going to go for... I don't like going for Sydney, but I'm going to go for Sydney. So, Sydney. Last game of the round. Metricon on Sunday. Carlton versus Western Bulldogs. Carlton are in 12th. Bulldogs are in 8th. Um, Ethan? Yeah, yeah, Bulldogs. Um, I think... They'll they'll be too good and it, I think if, I feel like it'll be a close game though but mm, they'll they'll keep that position in the eight. Yeah, I'm going Bulldogs as well. Um, Josh Bruce will kick five. It's another sneaky prediction. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Bulldogs. Yeah, and Bray's going the dogs. I just want to say something. I'm going to change one of my tips just to have cows upset of the week this week. Yeah, it's going to be Adelaide to beat West Coast. <laughs> that is Cow's oh, upset of the week That'll be a genuine upset Cow's upset of the week Adelaide of West Coast There we go Well that's going to do us For the recap of round 5 And preview of round 6 Stick around after this short break On the radio As we call up our special guest And introduce him As promised We have this week's guest Over the phone now In South Australia Pick 17 in the 2009 National Draft 73 games for Geelong 7 for Sydney All up kicking 143 goals He was a rising star nominee in 2011 After bursting onto the scene with 4 goals in round 13 He is now at the Central Districts in the Sandford And is doing plenty of good things off the field It's Daniel Menzel Dan, welcome to the show Thanks for your time yeah, great to have you on. Uh, before we get into it, uh, where you're from, what you've been through, unfortunately you had a season-ending foot injury just one game into your Sandford career. How are you feeling and what's the latest? Uh, how did the surgery go? Yeah, it's um, a little bit of a frustrating uh, run again that I guess I'm having. And, uh, I actually did it six weeks ago and had a scan on it and we sort of saw his bone bruising and it's, uh, it was one that we tried to manage and... and I didn't train a lot up to round one and then played and was in a fair bit of discomfort and pain. And when I saw a surgeon, he said, oh, it's a bit more than bone bruising. Um, so I'm looking at the scan again and, and having another scan. And as a result, I tore my leg frank ligament. And so he basically said, we've got to have surgery and that's your season done. So um, I had surgery on the weekend and just, um, yeah, off. Off legs at the moment for probably the next two to four to six weeks. And, um, and so, yeah, so... In terms of playing this year, it's a bit disappointing, but um, I'll still keep coaching at Central District and hopefully help the team have a good year. Yeah, certainly it would be hard, um, and we wish you a speedy recovery. But before we get... Uh, first of all, tell us about growing up in Golden Grove, your earliest memories of footy, and having your brother Troy, like most siblings, there would have been a lot of arguments and tussles in the background, I imagine. Yeah, there was. It um, grew up, we, there was six boys, um, so we got five brothers, so... That meant that we always had some great backyard cricket and backyard footy games, and um, and there's plenty of competition and healthy competition there, and and so we, we sort of played footy growing up um, together, at local footy level and local clubs, and then um, and then obviously went through the grades. So yeah, some of my best memories are keeping the footy in the backyard um, when I was younger with Troy, and kind of watch local footy on a Saturday and playing ourselves on a Sunday. So. Um, yeah, the memories that you cherish, and I was very fortunate. I had a lot of brothers that I was able to do that with. Yeah, so moving on to further down your football career, what was the preparation like in the to the draft in the championship, and when did you uh, know that Geelong were willing to take you with their f- first selection in the draft? 
Yeah, so it's um, it's a pretty whirlwind year, year under eighteen year. Everything sort of happens pretty quickly. You've obviously got year twelve and exams and everything else that's going on. So for me, I played uh, down back for South Australia in the state team and played every game and had the, had a decent carnival and um, sort of from there knew I was a real chance of getting drafted and you sort of play the rest of the year and speak with clubs and get unsure as to what might happen but um, Geelong um, as I've found out students have been very good at keeping their cards close to their chest and that was the same with me I, I had no idea they were going to take me to pick 17 and um, yeah it certainly was a surprise but to, to be picked up by the team that had just won the premiership the previous season which um, couldn't have really landed in a better spot yeah, for sure. Um, could you describe the feeling of making your debut in round 20 of 2010 with an 101-point victory against the Bulldogs and also kicking a goal? And were you pinching yourself uh, with the teammates you were playing with um, as you also kicked three goals from three kicks the next week against the Blues? Yeah, it was um, obviously the, the, the absolute goal is to play an AFL game and that's what you strive for. Um, and for me, since I was obviously a little kid and so to do that in such a successful side and yeah, have a 100-point win first up, um, I remember thinking if it's like this every week, then um, I've signed up for a pretty good career. But um, then, yeah, to come out next week and, and play Carlton and um, you touched on some of the players I played with. I remember I kicked three that game and um, and walked off the ground and was like, geez, I had an OK game, so I was pretty happy with it. And, Looked over the scoreboard and saw Gary Adler kick four and had 40 and thought, geez, wow, okay, that's, um, that's some sort of game. So um, he's one that I'm very fortunate to play with and a lot of other really successful and talented footballers that I've played with over the journey. You were starting to form quite nicely, even drawing comparisons to Steve Johnson with the way he plays are half forward. How rewarding was it to get a rising star nomination and was it hard to watch the premiership that season knowing that you were such a crucial part of that team before the first ACL in that uh, first qualifying final? Yeah, it was um, always nice to get recognition and obviously there was myself that year and uh, I think Mitch Duncan and Alan Christensen also got a rising star nomination, so great for the club and um, and then obviously you play throughout the year knowing that you're one of the top two teams in your early chance if things play out the way that you hope they will and uh, I guess leading into the finals I knew we were a very good show at winning the whole thing and uh, you sort of, your mind starts to go that way a little bit but if you play good enough footy then you never know what might happen in three weeks time and the unfortunate um, circumstances for me were that uh, obviously they injured in that first final and wasn't able to play in the grand final three weeks later and obviously the boys won it which, which was great but at the same time it, it's really hard to um, comprehend that and particularly as a 19 year old as well that you, you could have been playing in that and you missed out uh, obviously by a couple of weeks of injury. Yeah so we won't get into too much depth about your injuries having to have four knee recos in your time but was it the same feeling after the first like when you did your second and third did you did it feel like did you know like at the point of when it happened that you'd done your knee again? Uh, I think you do. I think deep down, um, most people have a fair idea that they've done their knee or if not, they've done something pretty significant and then it's sort of your mind maybe tricking yourself and and then there's that hope there that maybe you haven't torn your ACL. But for me, every time I knew there was uh, significant damage and straight away your thoughts go to what you might be missing again and... um, and everything you've got to go through again to get to that stage. So it's one that um, you do hold on to hope, but at the same time, as you, as I realise, the more you do, it's, um, 
not a great thing. You sort of might as well um, get your head around that you've probably done it. And then if, if anything good comes from the scans, then you take that as a bonus because otherwise it's, it's just a massive letdown and it's really hard to get your head around. Talk us through your documentary, A Long Way Home, and the filming for that. Did you feel like this almost helped you get back um, back to the game and conquer those mental challenges you had and almost give you that burning desire to get back playing? Or was that always there? Uh, I think that the desire was always there and it was always going to be for me. Um, I was very intrinsically motivated and had goals I wanted to achieve and, and get back and, and hopefully win a premiership one day. But having... Um, the filming of my documentary, which um, started a good year, year or two before I actually came back in 2015, um, that was just something that was another outlet, another thing for me to turn to um, when rehab wasn't going well. And so it was another little project, which is so important when, when you're struggling. And, and I found that um, was really beneficial for me. But um, also, it was just nice to be able to track the rehab and have that accountability to it and be able to look back on that and reflect on what's working and what's not and um, have some footage around that as well. So it certainly was a, a side project, but, um, but yeah, absolutely, it was more beneficial than not in the end. Yeah, and then you said you felt really lonely during that time. So how did the club and your teammates sort of help you, even though they weren't exactly in your shoes? Uh, did they, you know, um, always, you know, message you or how did they um, get around you? Yeah, it's a really quite a challenging one. I think um, any time a footballer or elite athlete goes through a long-term injury, whether they're out for a season or more, um, that's really challenging because their their job and their livelihood is their sport. And so every single day that they go to work and they're reminded that they can't do what they want to do. And that's the reality of it. And that the harsh reality is that you can't fix that. Um, and so you're going to struggle at times. It's really difficult because you're just not out there playing. But I think um, the way that you can help that and, and the difference that it can make is by enabling those around you to at least grasp a little bit as to what's going on and, and have some sort of understanding to be able to help you because um, ultimately, unless you get through it, you don't understand what someone else is going through. And, and so what, what was challenging about that was that um, I probably, the first couple of rehabs, I probably thought, that I'd be able to um, get over it myself and just use the, the close network around me to sort of do that. And, and that was all well and good, but it meant that um, other people who wanted to help, they weren't sure whether to message you, they weren't sure whether to not message you, they weren't sure whether to come up and talk to you or just avoid you. So it's sort of um, it's a bit of a barrier there. And so by actually breaking that down and letting people in and letting them understand how you're tracking, that made it so much easier um, then for them to understand and be able to go about how they could help you. Yeah, exactly. It would have helped you uh, and was really good to have a good support uh, network. But everyone looked on in 2015 when you returned against the Pies kicking four goals. How special was this and how nervous were you? Uh, I'm sure all your family and friends would have, would have got around you, so it must have been a, a moment you could really savour and soak up and just have a smile back on your face. Yeah, it certainly was. It was um, quite 150 days in between after our games for me and I thought about it every single day um, when that day might come and would come. And So for, when it actually was there, it was... Um, the most surreal feeling that it was actually I was waking up and it was actually the day that I was actually playing again and um, I wasn't actually that nervous but maybe because I played the um, game out in my head so many times it was more just sheer excitement to get back out there and 
I knew that I'd done the work and put the work in, so I knew that my body would hold up. It was just um, now getting back into footy and really enjoying it. And, um, yeah, it, was, it was an incredible night. I had a lot of family and friends there, and, um, and so to be able to contribute and perform the way I did was, was so pleasing. And it was in a way, it was something I thanked them in person what they've done and the impact that had on me. Yeah, so moving on uh, a couple of years on in 2017 and you kicked 38 goals, which is impressive for any medium to small forward. Was the contract weighing on your mind and how did the signing with the Swans go down as there was a few clubs interested? So how did that unfold at the end of 2018? Yeah, it was um, an interesting one. I think um, as the year played out, there was much more uncertainty around what might happen going forward and for me, um, it's something that it is there in the back of your mind and you don't think about it too much, but you're certainly unsure as to what's happening. And um, we hadn't had the success at Geelong, unfortunately. We've come so close so many times. And uh, then you start to question yourself whether the team's going to win it and whether you're best uh, suited at that club or somewhere else. And um, they, they were doing the same thing at the same time. And, um, yeah, I, I certainly had other offers and clubs that were interested um, towards the end of the season, and then things changed pretty quickly, and then went overseas, and it looked like it might be re-signing with Geelong, and then that changed. So it was um, it, it's quite a, um, a stressful uh, few weeks, particularly post-season, when you're working out where you might be living and where you might be staying, and um, it was one that, at the time, I was certainly unsure as to what would happen, but confident that I would get a shot somewhere, because there were definitely clubs that were interested, and um, and Sydney ran pretty quickly when they found out that Geelong was not going to offer me another contract and um, they they were of the opinion that as were a lot of other clubs that I was going to sign with Geelong that's what they'd been told so they hadn't come hard at me and then when they found out I wouldn't that's when they sort of got on the phone and got the front foot and, and then from there even I was in America it happened pretty quickly Many players we talked to who played for two or more clubs say that when they move, it's sort of like the first day of school settling in. Uh, was this the case for you? And even though your sh- uh, short stint in Sydney was uh, short-lived, you must be really grateful for them throwing you a lifeline. Um, and what was it like in the less of footy um, in New South Wales compared to Melbourne? Yeah, it's, um, I think you're right. When you move to a different club, it's just that new feel and that freshness about it. And yeah, you get on the block and... Um, for me, it was nice to be able to get away from, um, I guess, the stigma around my injuries. And, uh, and so I moved up to Sydney, um, just completely different lifestyle. Um, and, and footy up there is just so minor in comparison to not just other sports, but everything in life up in Sydney. And so it was nice to get out of the spotlight, I guess, and, and it'd be more low-key and a bit more relaxed. And um, I really enjoyed that. And, and yeah, and, and Sydney was even though I was only there for a year and um, I uh, yeah, groin surgery when I was there and had a couple of injury complications, I do feel like they really fixed my body and, and so I still got a lot out of that year in Sydney and, and um, really enjoyed my time up in Sydney for the year. Now, before we get into what you're currently doing and what currently interests you, uh, is there any funny sprays from either Chris Scott or John Longmire during your time and who, who are or uh, were your funniest mates from both clubs? Uh, perhaps anyone who can get up to a bit of mischief or just good to be around in general? Um, I'm trying to get funny stories off the top of my head. Um, it's, it's very much um, 
they're, they're much more old school, I guess, the, the phrase. Um, it doesn't happen as much nowadays. And um, I guess when you're in locker rooms, you talk and you hear the older guys talking about what used to happen back in the day and they're probably the, the more funnier stories that, that you hear about. But um, in terms of teammates, um, yeah, I had some really good characters at both. And, um, I mean, if I start on Geelong first, um, I was there nine years. So I saw a lot of different players come and go and um, live with quite a few players. Josh Walker, who's one at North Melbourne now, who uh, went to Brisbane and obviously was at Geelong. He lived with me for a year and a half and um, walks uh, walks through the character. He, he certainly brings something different every day and his energy is great. And so he was he was a one that uh, everyone loved being around in the locker room. But um, there's multiple other guys that... Um, yeah, you go for coffee with and things like that, and it's like you might sit there. So the guys around my age, Ben Guthrie, um, that um, you spend so much time with that you, you get to know really well. And then at Sydney, um, Sydney was a very close knit group, and uh, I lived across the road from Jane Ramsey when we were up there. I lived with Ryan Clark, and so we used to, um, we used to whether it be watching Survivor or Married at First Sight or something else, we used to have um, a few of the boys around every Tuesday and Wednesday night, basically. and watch that and that became a thing so um, you do get pretty close with all the, the players and particularly up in Sydney because a lot of guys are away from their family but um, another one who uh, actually was in Perth for a fair bit of time um, surprised me uh, is Carlton Sinclair very very um, alternate like a very funny individual yeah do you watch do you watch much footy now like in terms of the AFL um, that you're not playing or have you sort of um, not really paid much interest interest in it, even though with this season there's only been a couple of rounds. No, I still have a keen interest in it. I think um, with the coaching that I'm doing at the moment in the last six years of coach, it's, it's definitely a, an interest and I still love the game of footy. So I still watch games, whether it be AFL, SNFL, um, even other levels. I'll, I'll definitely um, keep up to date with that and it's something I really enjoy doing. So... Um, no, absolutely. Still been tuning in and watching, and a lot of old teammates that you still barrack for and want to go well. Yeah. So, how did starting your own podcast come about? Was it something you started to do with COVID happening? You said you like listening to different podcasts. So, is media something you've always wanted to get into? Yeah, I think that um, I've done a few podcasts uh, over the previous couple of years, and uh, I've always been. Uh, a massive fan of American sports and, and the way they go about things in, in other sports and sports around the world. And another one that comes with that, I actually um, ran the Fantasy NBA uh, competition in Geelong and in Sydney. I've uh, been involved in Fantasy NFL, APL, AFL, things like that. So I, I love all sports. And I think that um, there's a lot of teammates I'll talk to who they enjoy the sports but they don't really have a great knowledge around a lot of sports and so that's where the idea sort of came up um, recently the media company I bought into they're, they're producing different things and podcast is one and I talked about having um, having a, a world sports rap which they do in America well but we don't really have that here in Australia and so that's sort of what we bring um, to the audience is basically what's happening around the world in sport and then we interview a guest and the other one, which I found, I find really interesting, I love having these debates, is top tens around top ten. Um, a couple we've done so far is like sports documentaries or sporting venues, um, 
athletes of the decade, things like that. So that's sort of stuff that I love um, just having a chat about, and, and that's sort of where the idea came about to, to make our own podcast. Yeah, it's always a bit of fun when you can always have those discussions. Yeah, for sure. Um, you did just touch on it briefly, but how did you get into loving American sports? Is that something that you've gained a passion through uh, from travelling around the world and watching it in a spectacle? And how did the chat with Aaron Sipos uh, go from uh, from the St Kilda or St Kilda Saints? He's a former St Kilda player and he's now a Detroit punter. Yeah, I think it's one that um, you when you when you're at the level you. Obviously, watch AFL, but yeah, because you're, you're so much um, involved in the environment, ingrained in the sport, you you really take an interest in other sports and and the highest level and how they how they go about things. And so that's sort of where your passion, I think, comes from. You can relate, but also um, you have a lot of interest there, and that's sort of why I guess I love American sports and uh, and watch that more than I do footy even nowadays. But um, that's sort of where that comes about, and then. Um, and then, yeah, and so obviously yeah, I've been on um, quite a few trips overseas and been to, I've been very lucky with some of the organisations I've been able to go around and have a look around and watch some teams play as well at some incredible venues and um, interviewing Aaron Sipos about punting uh, in America in the NFL is something that um, I've got a few mates to do something similar and it'd be an incredible experience and so he was why I wanted that was why I wanted to get him on and, and chat to him about that and just how the college system works and um, and how the NFL system's gonna work for him. So I found that really interesting and um, yeah, I think that American sports are getting much bigger here in Australia. Yeah, and with the podcast, they're very they're coming very popular now. I know uh, Calum Sinclair has his own one and, and Dill Buckley is probably the most notable. But of course you do have the mental toughness, mental fortitude business, which is a consulting and apparel business. How did this start up? Yeah, so I started the business uh, mental toughness, mental fortitude uh, four years ago now. And so it, it actually came off the back of my documentary, um, which obviously encapsulated all of my ACLs um, but the, the main thing that I wanted it to show was everyone sees when you get injured and they see when you come back, but they don't see the inside access of all the in-between and the tough times and what you've got to go through to, to make it back. And in showing that on the documentary, uh, hundreds and hundreds of people messaged me about how they could relate, um, how they'd got, done an ACL themselves or how they'd never played sport before, but maybe they'd gone through depression or some sort of mental health setback. And so... From there, uh, I found myself writing a similar message to a lot of people and, and I also realised that there's no real ACL plan out there which will coach people through a, a rehab. Um, if you're just a country footballer or netballer who doesn't really have access to a physio, so I've sort of come up with the idea of um, writing up my own ACL plan with the resources I had as well as a lot of other mental health um, points on there and, and ways to overcome challenges and and from there, we made this bands and, and the sports casual apparel range as well. And so it's sort of just grown off the back of all of that and something that's been a really good side project for me as well. Yeah, and you have the wristband, which wristbands, um, but how can people find out more information or get involved? Yeah, sure. So it's um, www.mtmf.com.au. And so, yeah, we, we sell the MTMF wristbands on there as well as, like I said, our apparel, but... Um, it's not just for people who go through ACLs, it's for anyone who might go through sport um, and lots of injury prevention stuff on there as well. So 
it's um it's one that yeah hopefully if you can take one bit of um information from the website when you're going through it then it'll, then it'll help you and um we've had more than four thousand people sign up for the acl plan now which is good and bad it's that so many people actually said ACLs, but um, it's good that it's obviously been able to have an impact on on people and hopefully help them through their recovery. Yeah, awesome. So, last question from us: uh, Do you have any goals or hope to return to the AFL? Still being twenty eight, or are you happy with the business, podcasting, and one on one coaching where you are? Um, any goals? Did you say? Yeah, any goals or or hope to return to the AFL? Um, yeah, I think I'm realistic that um, with everything that's happened with coronavirus and list sizes getting smaller and um, another injury I'm going through at the moment, you never um, will say never and never look at it that it can't happen. But um, realistic that I sort of just need to get my body right, um, keep everything with the coaching and, and see what plays out. I mean, unfortunately, there might be a lot of players out of jobs over the next couple of years if they do um, cut back on list sizes, and not just not just that, but also football department and spending and things like that. So I think you need to keep your options open and, and look at the whole picture. And, um, yeah, for me, I'll just see how it plays out and hopefully, um, yeah, land somewhere in the end. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to be optimistic. Uh, we do have a quick fan question, so I'll hand over to Noah to read it out. Yeah, this one's from at Malivery under slash 17. How did you... Oh, is he gone? Yeah. Don't have him there, Daniel. Uh, we might just wrap that up. It was only one Q&A. So... Um, yeah. Unless we'll just, we try and call him back. Yeah, if we just uh, end here and we'll try to call Daniel back in just a second. Time in the prestigious Pup Cup Fantasy League. In the Pup Cup Fantasy <laughs> League. Um, that's right, I remember. Um, I, was, I don't think I went any well, to be honest. Um, I um, Like I touched on before, I do enjoy uh, different fantasy leagues and obviously different fantasy sports. And AFL's never been one of my strong ones. I, um, I've always been better at NBA and NFL. So um, I enjoyed it, but I didn't think I fired a shot, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Well, Dan, we've really enjoyed you joining us and giving everyone an, an insight to your life. All the best for the podcasting. Hopefully, you can get some more big names on it and it's successful. Same goes for the MTMF business. Uh, we know this game can be really cruel, so I wish you a healthy and speedy recovery, and I'm sure everyone will be, will be following along with your journey. Thank you, guys, and all the best with your podcast, too. Love what you're doing. Yeah. Cheers, See you. Have Thank a good you. one. See you, guys. See ya. We do also have to say goodbye to you, the listeners. Remember at Centre Square Podcast on Instagram and Facebook so you, know, so you know what's going on. We will see you next week as the WA boys make the long trip home. That is a wrap of the Centre Square Podcast on 91.3 Sport FM, your football headquarters. Have a good one.